0: All right. Welcome to episode one of the CoinPress podcast. I'm Luke Willis. Today, I'm joined by Andrew Levine, CEO of the Coinos Group. Welcome, Andrew.
1: Hey, Luke. Thanks for doing this. This is great. I love it.
0: Absolutely. Glad to have you. Uh, I think it speaks to how early we are right now that I can actually book time with you, the CEO of, <laughs> of the Coinos Group, for episode one. So really appreciate you taking the time.
1: No problem. Well, well you, we have a mutual acquaintance, so it's really a favor. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. No,
1: so, I'm, I'm just kidding. Yes, I do have. I do have just a little bit of time uh, now. But with every day, it becomes harder and harder to find time to do anything. So I think now is a great time to get this started because who knows how long uh, I'll I'll be able to do it for. I'll always make time for you though, since since you're the first.
0: All right. Appreciate it. All right. So for those that are new to the project, can you tell us what is CoinHouse in your own words?
1: Yeah, so Koinos is a blockchain that has been designed from the ground up around accessibility. It's really all about accessibility, and it, it's been that way since the beginning. And I think what, what really sets Koinos apart is the team behind it, which I think is very arguably or very objectively Uh, the single team with the most experience building accessible blockchains, building blockchains that are really focused on maximizing accessibility. They were the developers of the Steam blockchain, uh, which was, to my knowledge, the first blockchain with no fees. Um, And so when we left that project, we asked ourselves, okay, knowing what we now know about building accessible blockchains how can we build the next generation, the ultimate uh, blockchain for accessibility? And so that's what Coinos is.
0: Gotcha. Very cool. So starting this out, striving towards accessibility, you know, I think that crystallizes kind of who the team is, where you're coming from. But there's some interesting history about how this came to be, specifically around the, the fair launch, no ICO and, and that sort of thing. So I'm curious. Why you chose to go that route with this? And uh, given you didn't do an ICO, how are you funding the mission from here out?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think there were a number of reasons why we, we went the route that we did. Um, we felt a strong moral component where we don't feel that ICOs are the right way to launch a, a protocol. Um, you know, Ethereum did it and that made sense at the time for Ethereum. Um, but in general, they've really been a way for developers to cash out before they've even delivered a product. And ultimately that led them to not release their product. And it's a disincentive for building, uh, the very product that they're claiming they're going to build, um, There there are also significant regulatory risks uh, with launching other ways. And, you know, when we talk about going back to accessibility and the very name of Koinos is that it's Greek for common. And so the goal is we're trying to build a blockchain for everyone. That's this common layer to the economy that everybody has access to and everybody can take advantage of. And if we wanted to achieve that goal or maximize the odds that we would be able to achieve that goal, we we felt we had to start from a position of maximum neutrality, of maximum decentralization, of maximum openness. And so making sure that at every step of the way, the system is as open and transparent and decentralized as possible was critical. And so when it came to that critical decision of, I mean, really what it comes down to is how do we launch the mainnet fully decentralized? and, And we work back from there, fully decentralized and maximally accessible. And then we work back from there. And so when it came down to, okay, well, how do we make sure it's decentralized at launch? What do we do now? To maximize those odds. Well, if we launch with an ICO, well then, and we say, oh, it's going to be great. And this is what it's going to be. Um, and, and here's all the details. Then best case scenario, a small number of really rich individuals gobble up all the tokens. Um, and so instead the way we looked at it was, well, we barely know what we're building right now. <laughs> you know, uh, we have a, a, a vision. We have a, a goal that we want to achieve of building this accessible, this accessible blockchain. We want it, we want it to be fee So there's that. Um, but you know, we really don't know what we're building here. So what if we release the token now? Um, yeah. And we did a fair launch just like Bitcoin, you know, the ultimate really in fair distribution of a token. The only people who get it are the people who mine for it. And the whole record of the distribution is stored on an immutable ledger for anyone to audit uh, and verify. And so that that that's why we did it that way and so now we have this token we've released information we've made progress on the project all along the way the people who were with us at the very beginning from the earliest on and who are willing to take a risk by mining the token with very little information but because they like the team they believed in our vision you know they were able to mine a lot acquire a lot purchase a lot and um the more time goes on, the lower the risk becomes. The more information is released, the more information we get about the very thing that we're building, and so, um, it, leading up to the mainnet launch, at which you know, and so we're we're in a position now where we have over two thousand token holders. Um, All the tokens were distributed fairly via proof of work or through sales of tokens that were proof of work mined. And I think it sets up coin um, and the coinos mainnet in an extremely strong position because now we have we have a blockchain that you know has no ico weighing it down it has no pre mine weighing it down there are no there are no people who got an unfair advantage um, the whole history is auditable on an immutable ledger in ethereum and you know so there's there's very little regulatory risk there um, and, and and so now coin is and coinos mainnet are set up to really scale and really maximize um, the mainstream adoption of a blockchain. Um, because it's, it's more than just, I think one of the big lessons that came out of Steam is that it's more than just the technology. Technology is important and there were certainly issues with the technology in Steam, specifically around upgradability. Um, but the narrative is also really important and the history is important and how you make decisions as a community and as a founding team are extremely important. And they could really weigh down the, the project because at the end of the day, you know, the, the product will change. What shouldn't change is the mission. You right. know, what are what are we really trying to do here? We're trying to accelerate decentralization. You know, um, I hopefully that's what everybody in blockchain is trying to do. And so every step of the way, you have to be making decisions that further that mission and that don't obstruct it. And every time you make a decision, you make a compromise that 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 obstructs that mission that runs counter to that mission. You decrease the growth potential of the very thing that you're trying to build.
0: Gotcha. Very cool. So, yeah, I mean, for I think that's a good uh, Segway, for teams that are doing an ICO, they they do this I mean, pump and dump kind of a deal, right, where um, yeah, you own a lot to begin with and then you can bug out whenever you want. Where for you all, you, you have some, you got a tip from miners, some of the miners um, at that phase of launch. But going forward, um, you don't have this massive 30% stake of the coin. So what do you see yourself that what do you see the coinos group becoming after mainnet launch right what's your goal at that point how do you fit into the ecosystem
1: yeah when we left steemit we had a couple of major objectives um kind of design goals for the company versus design goals for the for the the protocol and i would say one of those design goals was Building a sustainable business, a, a, building, a business that was sustainable regardless of the token price, that meant to us, even if the token is worth nothing, our business should be viable and sustainable. Because at the end of the day, what we care about most is getting to work on blockchains. We right. wanna, if we can work on blockchains the rest of our lives, we never work again. Right. So, uh, you know, that was, that was the design goal. That was one of the design goals around around the company. Um, And, and ironically, we felt that if we could build, if we can build a business model like that, then the protocol would also be in a far stronger position because now you have this independent entity that is independently viable and profitable whose incentives are aligned with the protocol. And so that was really what we were trying to build. And, and, and to be frank, that's kind of what I sold the guys on is, you no, know, we're not just building a protocol that's going to go to the moon and we're all going to retire. Um, we're going to build um, a balanced system where you have the protocol over here, and this is a truly decentralized organization Um, and you have a company over here whose job is to add value to the protocol. Um, But in the process, it generates, it generates revenue and the way we plan to achieve that is what we, one of the big takeaways from our time at Steemit was that how much, money gets spent on tooling and infrastructure for decentralized applications. And so when we were brainstorming, we all agreed that there was tremendous amount of money to be made in tooling and infrastructure. Um, And you see that in Ethereum. You see that in services like Infura. You see it in EOS with stuff like Liquid Apps. Um, the blockchain only gives you so much and it really doesn't give you much in the realm of tooling and infrastructure. Um, and, and the typical perspective has been, you know, we already got our money. We gave you the blockchain. If you want tooling and infrastructure, let somebody else do that. Um, but it is very technically challenging work and we think that that is perfect for sustaining uh the the launch team because what we see in other projects is the, the the whole idea seems to be we launch the blockchain then we retire to an island you know and that's just not something we even wanted to do we want to stick around we want to keep building we want to keep adding value developers want to build apps they want to build apps, they don't want to build tooling and infrastructure. So why don't we step in here and say, well, we're building the tooling and infrastructure. You know, the the blockchain itself should really not need to be changed frequently. It really shouldn't require that much work in terms of upkeep, especially if it's truly decentralized and truly accessible, including accessible to developers. So it's like it, it it works for everybody if we get into the tooling and infrastructure space. And then what we say is like, look, this is an open protocol. You can run it on your own infrastructure. You can develop your own tools. Anyone can come here, come in and offer their own tools. But we're going to be in that space as well. We're going to offer tooling and infrastructure that we believe is going to be dramatically lower in cost than anything you or anyone else would build for, for you, for you to use. So why don't you just use what, what we're offering and you can trust us and we're a United States registered corporation. We're all an all-American founding team. Um, and, and I think that you know, these will um, the, these will position us in a, a very well to deliver really valuable products and services to developers, and so that's been the plan all along. The idea is build a startup, build a tech company in very much the same vein as tech companies have built been built in the past follow agile methodology you know follow lean startup methodology build a real company just like uh, other companies that have come before you and then think about the tokens in the treasury as a force multiplier and now i'm actually using michael's words there um like i i like to think of this stuff as like a ballast where the the tokens in the t- token treasury can be used to uh, support and sustain the organization during lean times, um, and and vice versa when the when the company is is doing well and growing, uh, it can reinvest uh, by, by acquiring more tokens, and so we can kind of balance each other. But um, I, I think Michael's view is is maybe even better certainly just as valid where it's this force multiplier where we're, you know, um, both are increasing the the value. The the company is increasing the value of the protocol and the pro uh, the better the protocol does, the better the company does the better the company does the more apps um, and the more great apps are launched on the protocol. So the better the protocol does.
0: Gotcha. Very cool. So, I love that vision and thinking of yourself as basically one entity using this protocol, right? Where it's not, we own and control this thing, it's we're one of the players. Exactly. But yeah, yeah. So, so given that, what do you have any concerns about competition or uh, maybe other protocols copying what you're doing or other companies stepping in and kind of stealing your thunder and competing on the different uh, improvements you're making?
1: Well, so just going back to the mission, right? Our yep. mission is to accelerate decentralization. And if that means other organizations fork Coinos and use that to offer, you know, more decentralized pro- products that accelerate the transition to a more decentralized future, then technically we're good. We're happy that other people are using Coinos to accelerate decentralization. Yeah. Um, now that being said, our tooling and our infrastructure will always use Coinos, presumably, yeah. uh, unless Coinos decides they don't like us, right? That's one of the risks of, of being truly decentralized. We don't expect that to happen. Um, so, you know, Our tooling and our infrastructure will use Koinos, and as the inventors of Koinos, we think that we will be strongly positioned to deliver the best products and services um, for decentralized application developers. And so if somebody wants to copy Koinos and compete with us, um, instead of working with us when this is an open system... um, that anybody can build on protocol work is extremely technical and extremely difficult. So if people really want to compete with us on that front, I think it's going to be a very small number of people and they're going to have a very difficult time competing with us. Uh, And in so doing, we'll likely only be advertising us and our project and all of that history. And that's where that history comes in, where it's like, are you going to be able to have as much trust as us? Are you going to be able to have as much brand recognition as us? Have you done, have you, are you going to be able to build as strong a community as us, um, especially when all you're doing is copying our IP and trying to pass it off as your own? People can try to do that. Um, I think ultimately they'll just wind up making us look better and that even if you're a malicious actor, you're far better off just working with us and building on Koinos. But if you are able to do all of that and outcompete us, then you are by definition doing more to accelerate decentralization through accessibility than we are. And we've contributed to this fight by creating koinos. And so at the end of the day, the world is moving in a more decentralized direction. And that's great. Um, again, I'm not afraid of competition. I welcome competition. Um, and I, I would love it if there were more competitors, uh, offering fee general purpose blockchains, um, with universal language support, um, you know, and, and, so delivering a blockchain that's as accessible as Coinos, I'd love us to have more competitors uh, in that space. And unfortunately, I just don't even see anything close to that, that happening, um, which actually creates a huge market opportunity for us as well. So, um, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Uh, I, like, I love that answer. I'm glad to hear that you're not worried about competition. So,
1: Oh, no, I think that's a very bad. Uh, I think that's a big red flag. Uh, and and I, I think if you're if you're worrying about competition, I mean, as an entrepreneur, um, we're obviously thinking about how we can better build our moat, the moat around our business, the moat around Koinos. But I think far too many projects um, think that building a moat means erecting barriers to entry, yeah. um, which I think is a terrible idea and it certainly conflicts with accessibility so the challenge that we've set before ourselves is how do we minimize barriers to entry and uh and increase our moat and i think one thing that people really underestimate is how technically challenging doing all of this work is you know, there's a reason no other blockchains have universal language support. There's a reason no other blockchains have modular upgradability or fee smart contracts. There are reasons for all of these things. Um, there, there's a reason why there's no other blockchain with Wasm and Protobuf and AMQP. And, and these are the core technologies that, that that basically enable the universal language support. And it's, It's not because the technologies didn't exist, Right, the whole way we achieve uh, our capabilities is by leveraging existing technologies. The problem is having the engineering talent that can take all of these existing technologies that are extremely low level and difficult to understand, integrating them with one another, and then integrating them into a blockchain is insanely technically challenging. And that, that technical difficulty, in my opinion, That's the moat. And that's why it all traces back to the team and the unrivaled team. Because even if you paid these guys to build the solution, even if you had the vision to say, this is what we should build. I'm going to pay you guys to do it. It wouldn't be as good as Koinos because These guys are co-founders. We are all stakeholders in this thing. We are all incentivized to build this thing together and make it as good as possible. Uh, And good luck trying (laughs) to assemble the talent and not spending infinite sums of money to just get to where we are. You're much better off building a DAP. Mm -hmm. You can ICO that. And I'm not inherently... Against ICOs and IDOs, like these things, these are tools that can be properly used, um, especially for applications. So I don't want you to think that just because I say something is true for us in our specific situation as protocol developers, that that necessarily translates to every project, especially applications. Um, There's so much money and so much opportunity in the domain of decentralized applications um, that why would you bother building, going lower level, competing there, when you could just launch a a decentralized application on CoinOS? Anything, what what, what we find, and sorry, and I'll I'll have to end the the call after this point, but I think this is like a huge important point um, that, that people don't seem to get because we'll talk to people and we'll say, uh, we'll, we'll talk to development teams uh, and they'll say, we want to use Coinos to build our own blockchain. And it's a blockchain that does X, Y, Z. Let's say it's a social blockchain. That's actually not a conversation we've had, which is exactly the reason why I'm going to use it as the example. But it's totally possible that we'll have this conversation one day. In fact, probable where somebody will come to us and they'll say, you know, Steam was great. I was great. Um, We want to build our own social blockchain on Coinos. And we'll say, yes, you can absolutely do that. Coinos makes it insanely easy to spin up custom blockchains. And we'll be happy to work with you on that, especially if you're willing to sign a deal with us where you pay us money, right? So (laughs) that's where that revenue comes in. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and that's fine. And we want there to be an ecosystem of coinos based blockchains that are interconnected eventually. Um, <clears throat> but why do they want their own blockchain is, is the question that they don't seem to ask themselves. Um, it usually boils down to, well, we don't want to deal with fees. Okay, well, well but what if he didn't have to worry about fees to launch your decentralized application. That's what you're trying to build is a decentralized application. Okay, but will it be fast enough? Well, yes. Okay, like what is the, you know, there there's this impulse to want to launch your own blockchain and think that you can be a blockchain developer. And in a sense, we're kind of pouring gasoline on that fire because we are going to make it about 10, 10 times easier for you to spin up a blockchain. But we actually think that the, the best use cases for the Coinos blockchain framework are private blockchains. If you're, if you're thinking about building something on a blockchain, that is what general purpose blockchains should be for. And the very fact that you're looking around and you're saying, I don't see any general purpose blockchain. For me, uh, maybe I should spin up my own blockchain. It's more of a commentary on the state of existing general-purpose blockchains than it is of anything else. Uh, These are not general-purpose blockchains; they are very limited in the types of applications that that they can support. And and the whole point of Coinos is that it is truly general purpose and if you're thinking about building something on a blockchain you should think of it as a suite of smart contracts um and and only if it doesn't make and that you can run on coinos and so say to go back to the social media example right whatever features you are looking to implement on your own blockchain can be implemented as smart contracts running on coinos so let's start there Hmm. and now, that once we get you running on Coinos mainnet, growing, um, ex- finding product market fit, which still matters even on blockchains, maybe eventually you get so big and you're consuming so much blockchain resources that we take those exact same smart contracts and we move you over to your own CoinOS based blockchain. You've lost nothing. You've really sacrificed nothing. You've bootstrapped your application off of CoinOS Mainnet, and then we're migrating you to your own blockchain. That is really the only viable path towards building a a blockchain um, because otherwise it's such technically challenging work. Um, and yeah, sorry. Did that answer the question?
0: hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I really appreciate you going into that detail. That, that's really good. So, um, I would love to, to ask more questions, but I know we're short on time. So, um, we'll just wrap it up and say, thank you, Andrew, uh, since that's all the time we have, hope you join me next time for the CoinPress podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. Talk soon. Bye.